good morning, ladies. So yes, as Ashley said, our children are very spread out. Um, you know, sometimes we have a plan and then God has a different plan. And so his plan always wins. Um, but I just wanted to thank you guys for the opportunity and the privilege to come and speak with you today. Um, it is definitely a God-given honor to stand before other moms and encourage them. So I hope that you find today's message encouraging to you um, as well. So I'm just going to open us up in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, God, I thank you that we can come together, Lord, as women of the word and women of faith, Lord, to seek you, to learn more of you, to dig deeper into your word. I thank you that we have this opportunity, Lord, um, without persecution, without having to hide, Lord God, but the freedom that we have to come together and to fellowship in your name. So Jesus, have your way today, that Holy Spirit, you would use these words to encourage and uplift one another, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So um, when Ashley asked me to speak, I thought, okay, let me, I'll do this. I prayed about it for a little while, spoke with my husband, got the go ahead, and then I started praying, Lord, tell me, what do you want me to share with these women today? And so <clears throat> immediately laid on my heart about serving, well, you know, when you get asked to speak about a certain topic, you're usually challenged in that area. So, and I shared this, uh, Valerie was at our Bible study yesterday, so I got to share a little bit with her. So all of last week, of course, I was challenged in this area. So when I'm speaking to you and I'm reading with these notes and what I feel like the Lord has said, please know that I'm speaking to myself as well, that I have not arrived. And this isn't me saying, hey, this works, do this. So I'm learning along with you as well. So I want to talk with you guys today about serving, and not only serving, but serving with zeal. The theme for mops, which I see it's, y'all have some great decor, I do have to say that. This is really neat. I love this. So finding your fire, um, which is based on Romans 12, 11 through 13. I hope many of you have found that God-given fire inside of you. Um, because, you know, it's always there. I think we just need to know how to flame, I mean, fan that fire inside of us, how to continue on with that fire. And I hope it's burning brightly for everyone to see. For without fire or zeal, our lamps will not shine, and we may not be able to see the path that God has before us, and we grow weary in that pursuit. So I'm just going to read over that scripture, and then we're going to explore it. I backed it up a little bit to Romans 12 and 9, starting there. So love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal or fire, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people who are known or need. Practice hospitality. So there is a lot packed up into that verse that, you know, has been chosen for this theme. Um, so when I was praying about it, it just kept sticking to me about that zeal and serving, how we can easily serve and we can jump in into anything and, and serve. But if we're serving without zeal, then really, who are we serving? Because that excitement is what continues to be passed on. So when you look up this passage, um, I know in my Bible, it's titled Love in Action and Behaving Like a Christian. So I thought, well, this is true. If we're serving, we're actually showing love to other people. Paul was writing this in Romans in preparation for his arrival, and it served as a basic introduction to his hopeful ministry in Rome as if he was setting the stage for preaching and teaching, basically telling them, hey, I'm coming, I'm going to speak to you all, but this is 
this is the beginning for you. Serve one another. So that part of the verse of never be lacking in zeal or fire, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. So how do we apply that to finding your fire from Mop's theme? And I think first we need to understand what fire or zeal mean. So when I started looking up these definitions, fire gives light, warmth, comfort. It's intriguing, it guides, and it's transforming. So a synonym is also zeal. Zeal is great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or object. And the synonym is fire, fervor, or love. Fervor is an intensity or enthusiasm for something. So you can see how all these words are really related, and every one of them were used in that passage, too. We saw fire, we saw zeal, and we saw fervor. So we're all in pursuit of something or someone. Wouldn't you say that? I mean... Daily, I think we're pursuing something or someone. So when I was writing this, I was thinking of, there's many ways that we are in pursuit of something. But if we could think of a high-speed police chase, okay? So, you know, you've seen it on TV. Maybe you haven't been in one, hopefully not, but I'm sure you've seen it on TV, and you can hear the emotions that are entailed in it, right? So the emotions are running, endorphins are high, um, and those things are what continues the pursuit and keeps it moving but the actual thing that drives that pursuit is what? When you capture whatever you're pursuing. And so our pursuit is Jesus Christ, and we're pursuing to be more like him, right? If we're Christians, we're saying we want to be Christ-like. We want to pursue the Lord. Well, he was a servant. So if we're pursuing to be like Jesus and resemble him, then we're pursuing to be a Christian, to pursue, to be a servant. So Matthew 20, 28 says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if we're going to be like him and he came to serve, there you go. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be serving. So we're called to serve out of love, and it is our love in action. So remember this passage was titled Love in Action. So if we're serving, that is our love. That's how we're doing this. So I want to talk with you about serving with zeal. We all have many roles in which we serve. And yes, at times there can be overwhelming, but if they're God-ordained, by this I mean you have prayed about those roles. And you have sought the Lord and asked before you just jumped into a ministry role. Many times as women we want to do, do, do. So we jump in here, we jump in there, we jump in here, and then all of a sudden we wonder why we're so overwhelmed and why we feel like there's so much on our plate and we maybe are drowning sometimes. Well, maybe it's because we didn't seek the Lord on all those commitments. So we want to serve, but make sure that that is where the Lord wants you. So areas of service, and these are in order, okay? So the first one is God. Our first priority is to serve God. All things we should do, we do, should be done as unto the Lord that will bring glory to him. It's a heart motive check for us. So are we serving in a ministry or are we serving a person? because we want to, or because we feel like the Lord has placed that on our hearts. Every role we serve in, from our husband's helpmate to our church cleaning, should be done with the right attitude and the right approach, or it's futile. It's kind of like you just, it was for nothing. So Matthew 25, well done, my good and faithful servant. If we're trying to serve for any reason other than to glorify the Lord, our attempts will fail. For nothing we do is of our own strength, but Christ who strengthens us. 
We can serve and serve rightly with Christ as the focus. So I'm saying that as the part that if, if we're serving in a certain area, or we're serving, um, we're going to get into more of different roles, but a certain person. But the Lord hasn't really placed it on your heart. You're just jumping in a ministry to serve. Then really, is it really going to be productive? Is it going to produce fruit? And are you going to actually have the zeal to do it, to finish strong in it? So that's my point on that, is making sure that we're going before the Lord first, asking, is this where you want me? Because, you know, he has a specific place for each and every one of us. And when you find that place, the zeal is there. I mean, can y'all agree with that? Do you, you know that when you've been in something, it's like, oh, I'm going to do it because they need help, which is great. You run out of energy to do it. But when it's something the Lord has called you to, the grace is there, and you just continue flowing in it. So make sure that those things that you're serving in, those people you're serving are really where God has called you. Um, and the second would be our husbands. So we're all called to be a helpmate to our spouse. He's not our helpmate. And many times, you know, that can get a little confusing sometimes. Um, like Ashley said, I'm a wife. I'm a mom of four. And so there's been times when I thought, I just need some help. Like, can somebody help me? But, you know, remember, I'm the helpmate. So don't put that role on your husband. Now, they're going to hopefully want to help you because they're serving as well. Um, but it's not something, an expectation we should put on them. So remember, we're the helpmate. So have you ever asked your husband how you can serve him? If you have, I'm sure you've received some answers that some could be very funny and some might be very serious. And I encourage you, if you haven't asked your husband that, ask them, how can I serve you? And be prepared to laugh or be like, okay, that's not what I'm talking about because you're going to get some answers. Um, but you're probably going to see a reaction on their face as well that maybe they don't know how to respond because you haven't asked them that. You know, you might be serving them um, and what you think is serving, but when you ask that specific question and you face-to-face -face say, how can I serve you today or however, um, you may be surprised at their answers because sometimes the way we're serving isn't really what they're picking up as servanthood. So um, there's a book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. I'm sure some of you have probably heard of that. This is really, that was an eye-opening book for me. There's two. Five Love Languages and Love and Respect were two books that were completely just transformed my whole way of serving um, my husband. So in the Five Love Languages, they go through these languages, which they consist of, and I need to read them because I will get them out of messed up, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of kindness, gifts, and quality time. So basically, you go through this book. It helps you rank um, these love languages, and everybody has a top two. And so what these love languages are are ways that we receive love and we want to give love. So, for example, if your love language is quality time, then you want to spend time with people. That's how you show love, and that's also how you receive love as well. So if your love language is quality time and your spouse's is physical touch, so you just want to spend the whole day walking around, doing nothing, maybe go to lunch and shop, whatever, just to be together. And all your mate wants to do is you just to have this big gaze on him and this big hug and just hold his hand. 
but you just want to spend the day walking around shopping, and he wants this. So what happens is you're trying to love your spouse by spending quality time, and he's trying to love just by wanting to hold your hand or whatever, um, for lack of better words. And yet, you're, you see what I'm saying? Like, you're trying to love the way you want to be loved, but that's not their language. Or if it's gifts, maybe take gifts. I am not a gifts person. So bringing home flowers or bringing home candy is great, but that's just you stopped on the way home to pick that up. That's not really like spend the day with me and I'm, I'm all yours kind of stuff. So knowing your mate's love language helps you to love and serve them the way they see that. Um, so same thing. If my husband's love language is not gifts and I bring gifts home, no big deal. Not really going to affect much. Um, funny story, one of my love languages is acts of service and quality time. So that's why I use that one. So one time, um, I think Caleb, which is my junior hire, he's almost 14. I was pregnant with him, and I thought, I'm going to cut the grass. Because acts of kindness is my love language, right? So if you wash the dishes for me, that means you love me. <laughs> Maybe if I cut the grass for Derek, he'll realize that I love him. Well, let's just say that cutting the grass while you're 22 weeks pregnant is not the best thing to do. Um, because I ended up on bed rest, <laughs> two centimeters dilated, and in the hospital for a few days. So probably not the best thing to do, but I was, I was serving, right? I was cutting the grass. Lo and behold, that was not Derek's love language at all. So me cutting the grass was like, I'm glad you did that, thanks, but it didn't have the effect I was going for. And lo and behold, I ended up in the hospital anyway. So don't cut the grass. My point is, know your spouse's love language because if, we, if we're loving them the way we want to be loved, it, they don't pick it up the same way. So same thing. If it's words of affirmation, my husband, one of his is words of affirmation. And that's great. I have to remember that because I'm not a words of affirmation person. I'm, you know, I might encourage but I'm not, I'm not the word of affirming you over and over and over kind of thing, but they need that. So know your love languages um, and love your mate in their language. You have to make a mental note to do that. The third area that we need to serve with zeal in is with our children. And this is a constant opportunity to serve the Lord. I mean, think about it. They, especially when they're little, they are with us all day, every day. And it's a constant way to serve the Lord. As we're serving them, we are serving the Lord. But it's also a way that can make us grow weary very quickly, right? But the Lord says, come to me, all that, that are weary, and he will give us rest. So he has a solution once again to our needs. Raising kids is a joyfully heart-wrenching, tiring, exciting, rewarding opportunity to serve the Lord. And if you're here, you more than likely have at least one child so you know what I'm saying when I say it's rewarding but draining all in the same breath. Teaching our children a servant's heart is one of the most important things we can teach them. As they see mom serving them, they see Christ in us. And sometimes we may think, oh, they're little. They don't, they don't see that. They don't know. But explain to them. They know more than we give them credit for. So when you are um, cleaning after them, or if you're cleaning the toilets at home that day, let them know, I'm doing this, I'm serving you as well. I'm serving you because I'm serving the Lord. 
Um, so take those opportunities. You know, we don't want to let that image be missing from their mon- minds, that they see mom serving them and they see Christ in that moment as well. With toddlers and school-age children, it seems as though we spin wheels and are exhausted by the end of the day. But be encouraged, mamas. The days are long and the years are short. And, you know, I know you hear this all the time, like, oh, it goes by so fast. I remember hearing that myself and thinking, I am waiting for it to go by fast (laughs) because I feel like I'm drowning sometimes, you know. Um, And I am not a newborn infant, like, loving that stage. So I would, I can say, wish those weeks away. Like, come on, get me to six months and I am great. But that beginning was always rough for me. So when I heard somebody say that, that the days are long and the years are short, I'm like, that's exactly it. Like, I can totally agree. It goes by fast, um, but those days do feel like they're never going to end sometimes. But be encouraged because they do. The years go by fast. Having a 17-year-old that, you know, we're prepping for college and prepping diaper bags at my house at the same time. So I remember making bottles and making lunches, you know, to send kids out the doors and stuff. So... Now, looking back, I can say yes, that is true. But it doesn't always serve us in that moment to think, oh, it's going be, it's, it's to go by so fast, just hold tight and enjoy every moment, which is true. We want to enjoy the moments and we want to remember them. But do know that it is going to go by quick. Okay? So be encouraged in those days when you feel like, oh, can this just stop? Um, and I don't want to, I enjoy having teenagers. There's two in my house. And so it's just, um, it's a constant of, you know, toddlers, we get physically drained. It is just tiring physically. You're chasing after toddlers, you're cleaning up after them all day long. And then teenagers, you end up having this mental thing. So you are mentally drained with the teenagers. So you can only imagine what our house is like at the end of the day. My husband and I are both mentally and physically drained. Like there's just nothing left um, on either end but I wouldn't trade it for the world. So we do have gaps, my oldest and my youngest, so there's 15 years in between there. And then there's a 10-year gap in between there as well. Um, But I do love having my teenagers. I never wanted to be the mom that said, oh, I got teenagers. Like, you know, because think about it, teenagers get a bad rap. They really do. Um, But those teenagers were once preschoolers and they were once school age kids as well. So the time and effort we put into them then, we get to enjoy as they start getting to the teenage years. You see everything you poured into them at that time, all the time you spent serving them and teaching them and walking with them. You see them becoming an adult who can actually put all those principles into practice. Now, do they always put them into practice? No. And so that's where the mental part comes in. Um, But it's there. You know, it's kind of like the seeds were planted. We're just waiting to see it come out. So I did say I never want to be that mom or that parent that's like, I got teenagers and roll my eyes with it. And so the Lord has held me to that statement. (laughs) So through the trials, you know, through all the ups and downs with them, um, I can say I do love having my teenagers. I can see them growing in the Lord. I see their mistakes, and I can point them back to the Lord. So, you know, just know that time's coming, but do the work now. Serve them now. Um, Our God is forever. His grace is new every day, and his Holy Spirit never leaves us. The fire that will sustain us 
So when you look in those little eyes and you clean up after those little hands all day long, know that you're serving rightly because you're serving the Lord. And then we're also called to serve the body of believers. God calls us to serve the church body, which includes church ministries and the people of the church. So our women's group at Christ Community Church just went through a study on the book of Acts. It was called Relying on the Holy Spirit. Um, and through, as we went through this whole book of Acts, we saw the people of the churches serving one another. And it was without hesitation. You know, when, when there was a need, there were, they were, selling, doing whatever they needed to do to meet the needs of those people. Um, and they did it without hesitation because they had the zeal of the Lord. When you read through Acts, you can see the excitement in the people. And you're, you can imagine what they were thinking, what was going through their heads, that they didn't have to question when there was a need. It was just, what do we need to do? And they did it. They sold land, property at times, and, bought money to, and brought money to the apostles' feet to distribute to anyone who had a need. Acts 4.32-35 says, They were one in heart and mind, and share their possessions so there was no needy persons among them. They were meeting in the needs of the church by serving one another. And our church today still has needs, both personally and corporately. So how are you serving the bodies? And what ministry are you called to in that area? Um, you know, the church is there to encourage and bring people together, but yet the people are the church. So... We have to serve the church, but we have to serve the people that actually make the church. Um, so find your place. If you haven't found your place in ministry, like we were saying before, find that one of where God wants you and have that zeal to do it and do it with excitement as you're doing it for the Lord. Another place we're called to serve is to our neighbors. Once again, the book of Acts was a great example. They were loving. They were serving one another, selling their things, breaking bread together. So, and I thought about that. I'm like, you know, what is missing now? Um, and I found, like, in this day and age, we're so busy with the hustle bustle of life and, you know, running, running to this place, running to this. This one's job. This one has this after school. This one has this that evening. Your schedules are full. I know. Believe me. Your calendars are probably color-coded, and each, color, each kid has their own color, and there's probably every color every day because somebody has something going on. Um, which are all great things, don't get me wrong, but sometimes we get so busy in our own little world that we stop, I mean, we don't stop to see the people right next to us or the people across the street or the people behind us. When I say neighbors, I mean like our physical neighbors. How many times do you pull in your driveway or throughout the week in and out and you may not even see your neighbor? But yet our neighbors could be just as much in need as we are. And yet we kind of just bypass and forget to look and see. So neighbors can be great or they can be challenging, right? We've all had those neighbors that maybe weren't so easy to talk to. But it shouldn't change our mission to serve them. Because remember, we're trying to be Christ-like, right? We want to be a servant, so we're trying to serve who we can. Um, Derek and I have been blessed to have great neighbors. The last two houses we've had, we have had wonderful neighbors. Um, there was constant breaking of bread. For real. We would cook dinner one night, and if they had something going on, they came to our house and ate, or they would just come get their plates and go back home. But we had that kind of relationship where it was known, hey, I made a big pan of lasagna. You didn't get to cook. Come get lasagna. And so that was speaking to our neighbors. I can say one on one side of us, 
is serving the Lord, and they're at church with us now. The other one, we're working, and actually, when we moved and built our new home, they sold their house and bought the lot next to us and built a house. So it's still, there's that relationship is still there, and we're still trying. So don't take for granted your neighbors. We're supposed to love one another. Just not, that's not just the body of believers. That's the saved, the unsaved, the lost, the found, everybody. So don't, don't get too busy where we can't see how we're supposed to serve our neighbors. Um, and it is, it is great having the same neighbors. I mean, we didn't have to get to know anybody again. And it was like, oh, it's already there. It was kind of breaking bread once again, you know. Um, so let our daily interactions, let there be zeal in it. Let them see the excitement that we have for life in general, you know, and the positive attitudes that we have and share that with them. So how do we serve all the areas with zeal without running out of zeal? Um, so maintaining our zeal, and this was kind of brought up in verse 12 of that passage. Maintaining zeal to serve may be the most difficult aspect of serving because we can get burnt out, right? If we're not maintaining that zeal um, and going before the Lord. So throughout scripture, we see the Lord going away to pray and seek God. Are you spending time with the Lord? That's the main way that we're going to be able to maintain that zeal. If we're not spending time with the Lord, how are we being fed ourselves? So how are we going to pass that on to anyone else if we can't even have it ourselves? And as moms, it's difficult to make that alone time our priority. Believe me, I know. Um, am I being recorded? This is recorded? Okay. All right, we have one being punished right now. So that has now been, um, I don't want to say a burden, but it has become another responsibility for me because now I have to drive one of the older ones to school, pick her up from school, bring her to practice, pick her up from practice, bring her to track meets. So there's a lot more mom taxiing going on these days. Um, so that time that I had in the mornings is now doing carpooling for 45 minutes. So I've had to become creative. And this is what my, my encouragement is to you. You may not have, you know, the private prayer closet with walls of scripture all over it pinned to it. And you may not have big comfy chairs. And you may not have throw pillows and worship music playing 24-7 in this little prayer closet that you have. If you do, please invite me over. Because mine is the book here, the devotional here, um, the Bible opened in this room so that when I go in wherever... I can grab some if I need to, or just give me like one minute, guys. Just give me one minute. I just need to read something. And, you know, and I'm not saying that to think we know the Lord wants our first. He is, should be first priority, and he wants our first fruits. But sometimes in the season that we're in, we don't always get that 30 minutes, 45 minutes to just sit quietly before the Lord. Um, once they're all out the house, it, I'm assuming it can be that way. I don't know. I still have them at the house. If yours are gone, Ashley, yours are gone out of school, right? Just as busy, right? So maybe not. Um, so that hopefulness, I don't know, y'all. I guess we find things to replace it with, and so it becomes truly making it a priority. But the Lord is merciful and gracious enough to accept any time that we have for him. He just wants time. Yes, he would love it that we are the priority. He is the priority in our first time. But just know that you can grab a hold of something 
and just dwell on that scripture. If it's one verse for that day, just dwell on it and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you more and more things about it. And God will meet us in that moment, whether it's one minute or one hour we give to him. He's going to meet us because he just wants to be with us. So make that moment for you. Um, things that may steal your zeal, busyness, pride, comparison, envy, sadness, pressure, um, scheduling pressures, that type of thing. So anything that could steal your zeal, things that may strengthen your zeal, revelations, ministry, prayer, reading the word, and fellowship. So if you feel like you're lacking zeal, look at that list and ask yourself, you know, is something taking precedence? What, what's coming before my um, time with the Lord that's making me where I can't, I don't have that zeal anymore because I'm not be able I'm not able to sit with the Lord. <clears throat> um, we need the zeal because if we don't have the zeal, number one, we're going to burn out. And then what do we have to pass on? You know, if there's nothing inside of us, we can't give it to anyone else. So we have a spiritual responsibility to all people, but especially to other believers. Sharing with the Lord's people in need. It says that share with God's people who are in need and welcome others into your home. Sharing that zeal, that's just where it is. That's how we're going to do it. We're going to welcome people into our home. It feels like it's one more thing on your plate, right, to invite others over and to spend time, but that's how we're passing that zeal on. So making time for the things of the Lord and maybe letting other things go so that we do have um, time to maintain and pass that zeal on. Passing the zeal includes mentoring. So if you don't have a mentor, pray and ask the Lord to reveal that person to you. We should all have a relationship that allows us to be vulnerable and accountable. Someone that can speak life and also speak correction and love. And we should be that person for someone else as well. So find a mentor, find a mentee, and yes, it is a word. Because my husband even told me, he's like, I don't think that's a word. I'm like, I've looked it up three times. It's a word. It does sound wrong, but it's a word. It's a mentor and mentee. Um, kind of like Paul and Timothy. You know, Paul had Timothy. And so Paul, you know, he went teaching, preaching to all the churches. And then when he has to move on, he leaves Timothy because he had poured so much into Timothy and passed that zeal onto Timothy that he was able to leave Timothy there to continue the ministry. So find who your mentor is, who is speaking into you, and who are you allowing that, and then find the person that you're Timothy, who you are pouring into as well, because this is generational. You know, this doesn't end with us, that's the whole, that would defeat the whole purpose of us pouring into our children. So find that person um, that you can. We have the privilege and opportunity to pass our zeal to our children. When they see us excited, it leaves a lasting impression on them. They see the excitement of the Lord. They see zeal. And, and then, like, it does come back. Like I was saying, when they get a little older, you see the fruit of all your labor. So let me close with this quote from Elizabeth George. Today, God's message is the same, and the power of the Holy Spirit is the same. As you rely on the Spirit, he will empower you in ministry to your family and the family of God. Walk by the Spirit and pass on the truth of the gospel first to your family and then others. So just as we went through that order of who we should be serving, remember God is first, and then our husbands and our children. So our family is first, and then we start serving in church ministries and our neighbors. So be encouraged, ladies. I hope this kind of 
sparked a little bit in you of um, not running out of zeal. Focus on the Lord and ask him where he wants you, and the zeal will be there. So, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tiana. We have a gift for you. Thanks.